Michael J. Crocodile Dundee from the Northern Territory was recently attacked by a crocodile that bit off his leg. Then he crawls out of the bush, gets patched up and disappears. New York journalist Sue Charlton wants to meet him. Walter Riley from Never Never Safaris meets her from the helicopter, welcoming her to Walkabout Creek. He ensures she's still paying them $2,500. That night, as road trains go past, Walt explains what happened. Dundee was fishing when a giant crocodile pounced, turned him over, bit off his leg and dragged him down. Dundee killed the croc and crawled for hundreds of miles back to civilization. Suddenly, a knife lands in the side of the bar. Dundee's wrestling a massive crocodile. Then he takes what turns out to be a stuffed crocodile to the bar and orders it a beer. Dundee tips his hat to Sue and shows her the scar from the croc bite, calling it a love bite. When a man repeatedly calls him a poacher, Dundee unleashes a knockout punch, sending the man sprawling across a table. He hates bad language in front of a lady. He doesn't know his own age, or even the current year. He was raised by Aborigines and they don't have calendars. He maybe was born in the summertime. When he wandered around discovering new places on Walkabout for 18 months, his wife at the time left him. He thinks it odd she didn't wait for him. He yells and sounds the horn at a water buffalo in the road. He puts the animal into a trance and it sinks to the floor. Dundee glances at Walt's wristwatch, then, in front of Sue, looks up at the sun. He says it's 2.20pm, they should set off. Sue's impressed. Walt says they'll meet up again on Wednesday, then reminds Dundee it's currently Monday. He doesn't know, doesn't care. He shows Sue the croc-bitten boat. The creature was about 18 feet long. It wanted to take him down for a death roll. This is when they grab you and take you down to the bottom of the water and roll you over and over till you stop kicking. Then it'll wedge you under maybe a rock ledge. This tenderizes the prey to eat later. When the croc released its jaws to get a better grip, Dundee killed it. Sue shares that she was married and marched for lots of political causes. The only thing Dundee's ever protested is whenever he's thrown out of the pub. She asks about the Aborigines' claim to get their land back. He says Aborigines don't own the land. It's like their mother. He fluidly grabs a snake from behind Sue as he talks. She's startled. He snaps the snake's neck, making Sue wince, before discarding it. He says it's a king brown, 
poisonous and deadly. Not bad eating, but always gives him gas. That night, there's gunfire. Hunters in pickup trucks are shooting kangaroos. Dundee doesn't like it, but they're not breaking the law. When Sue wants something done, he tells her to stay put. The hunters spot a kangaroo, but this one returns fire. The men are frightened and disappear. He's shaving with a disposable razor, but when Sue approaches, he shaves with his hunting knife. He says she wouldn't last five minutes, calling it man's country. She defiantly tramps off. He says she should fire a couple of shots in the air if she's in trouble. She shoots close to his foot and leaves. She's soon out of breath. She finds a billabong, a watering hole. She strips and fills her canteen. A crocodile lunges, biting the canteen around her neck. Dundee appears and stabs the creature to death. He then hugs Sue till she calms down. An Aboriginal man with face paint appears. Dundee's knife appears under his chin. Turns out it's Nev. Nev's going to a corroboree at the Jabba. He's a city boy, but his dad's a tribal elder. Nev and Dundee then say they should go. He must see the Pintinjara. Women are forbidden. Nev's with other Aborigines dancing and stamping in the dust, in time with percussion. Sue goes to take photos, but sights Dundee's painted face and lowers her camera. Sue asks how he knew. He says she's a female and a reporter. She's bound to be nosy. After having crawled for a week, he didn't fear death. All the apostles in the Bible were fishermen like him, so he's going straight to heaven. He'd be mates with God. He introduces Echo Lake. It's mineral water, so no crocs. Soon he's roasting a goanna over a fire. He then offers yams, grubs and sugar ants. He says you can live on it, but it tastes awful. He has regular food with him anyway. Sue wants him to return to the States with her, for the story. They're soon on a plane to New York. In America, Richard and Sue both watch Dundee cautiously navigate an escalator. He asks which tribe limo driver Gus is from. His flash car means he must be doing well. Dundee figures out the B-Day, then goes walking. He wishes people good day and tips his hat. He climbs a street sign and a mounted policeman gives him a ride back to his hotel, returning his hunting knife. 
Richard jokes that the restaurant doesn't serve kangaroo steaks or possum grits. Sue reminisces with Dundee about goannas and yams. Richard thinks their guest should order for them, although the menu's in Italian. Dundee distracts Sue, then unleashes a knockout punch on Richard. She reminds him he's not in Walkabout Creek. The couple goes home, and Dundee gets in the front seat of the cab. Italian cabbie Danny promises to drink Dundee under the table. Soon, Dundee's telling people the funnel web spider can kill you in eight seconds just by looking at you. He meets local jive talker Buzzy. After some cultural linguistic misunderstandings and an elaborate handshake, they part friends. Gwendoline comes on to Dundee. Then Danny imparts that Gwendoline's a transvestite. Dundee feels between Gwendoline's legs and discovers his right. Gwendoline quickly leaves, but Dundee laughs along with the others. Later, he's talking to prostitutes. He says he's from Walkabout Creek, and one recognises him from the newspaper. The other one suggests they give him one for free. When their pimp asks if Dundee's planning on screwing one, he unleashes a knockout punch, apologising for the bad language. Danny arrives in his cab, but Dundee drives. Now attempting to drive on the right, he calls other drivers pelicans. He's in the bath washing his clothes, Sue notices his bedding on the floor. She buys him a hot dog with all the trimmings. You could live on it, but it tastes awful. A thief grabs a lady's purse. Dundee hurls a tin full of food and concusses the thief from several yards away. Bystanders applaud. Dundee and Sue are accosted. He laughs at the knife and produces his own bigger knife. The mugger vanishes. Dundee asks if Sue's okay. She's always okay when she's with him. Sue, Richard and Dundee arrive at her dad Sam's massive house. Guard dogs bark, but Dundee does his bushcraft trick. He performs the complicated handshake when he meets Butler, Simpson, before handing him his hat. Dundee says he thinks New York's like a lunatic asylum. He fits right in. When everyone's seated, Richard proposes to Sue. She says yes, and everybody congratulates them. Dundee tells Gus he needs a liquor store, removing his uncomfortable knife. He gets out at Times Square. He meets and knocks out the aggressive pimp again. This time, there are two others, 
and Dundee has no knife. The pimp comes around, and Gus arrives, bouncing him off his windscreen. One of the other men runs off, but Gus detaches the metal boomerang from his car and fells the fleeing man. Gus tells Dundee he's from the Harlem Warlords tribe. Dundee's going walkabout. He wants to take a proper look at America. It's suggested he take the subway to Grand Central Station. Sue learns he's gone walkabout. She chases after him, removing her heels to run faster. She pauses briefly, kneeing a mugger in the groin. Over the heads of a tightly packed platform, Sue yells Dundee's name, making an Aboriginal call. A man in a red headscarf learns she wants to talk to a man in a black hat. He yells to another man in a red hat. The man in the red hat whistles to Dundee, who asks what she wants. The next message is that she's not marrying Richard. Dundee asks why not. Sue says she loves him. This message reaches Dundee and he's spurred into action. To get to Sue, he must carefully walk on heads. They embrace and the New York commuters applaud. Starring Paul Hogan, Linda Kozlowski, John Mellon, rated 15, directed by Peter Feynman, released in the UK 1986, runtime 1 hour 37 minutes.